everybody, and welcome back to the Scrapyard. I am your host, Nathan Mulefolder, joined here by Taylor. Hi! And Xavier. Inject Zion Williamson into my veins. It's like we never left. Well, they didn't. Anyways, today we're talking about the Overwatch League. Specifically, we are going to be doing a draft using the Draft Buff app. But before we get into that, we have a special interview with Overwatch League content creator and host of Heroes Never Die podcast, Totemly Drunk. If you want to keep up with us, you can do that on Twitter or Instagram at Scrapyard Media. Of course, you can listen to our podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts, even on YouTube at Scrapyard Media, or watch short clips like the one Taylor just released, talking about underdogs in a special sort of way. You'll have to watch it to find out. Of course, you can find out when we're uploading videos like that and get updates on Instagram or Twitter at Scrapyard Media. And you can come and play games with us on Xbox or Steam at Scrapyard Media. Roll intro. So this is pretty big. The first interview that has ever been featured on the Scrapyard Overwatch League podcast. So it's pretty big. We decided if we're going to do this fantasy draft. We want some expert opinions. None of us have done fantasy Overwatch. I think I'm the only person at this table with like any fantasy sport experience playing fantasy football and basketball. And so I thought it'd be interesting to reach out to an expert. Totally drunk. He's has a thousand podcasts. Heroes Never Die. He does a fantasy Overwatch podcast. And he is pretty much the authority on all things fantasy Overwatch. So we reached out to him and decided to ask him some questions about players he likes, teams he likes, and fantasy strategies. So, before we get into this interview, um, I do just want to say this was recorded before all the Hero Pool stuff came out, uh, so some of the opinions obviously might have changed. Definitely go to his social media, Totally Drunk. Uh, he has a lot of really good data. Um, some of his Hero aggregates are now out, so definitely check those out, and obviously they're doing a lot of good work when it comes to analyzing what the hero pools mean for overwatch uh but the rest of this conversation does have a lot of really good information on fantasy overwatch so definitely keep listening anyway uh so let's get right into the interview all right well uh i am totally drunk i am an overwatch content creator uh, i really focus on all aspects of the game we do you know variety overwatch we talk about the competitive overwatch scene uh, we do Fantasy Overwatch League with OWL by the numbers, so it's really like a culmination of all facets of the game, and uh, really this has been something that I've been doing since, you know, the earliest days of Overwatch. So as one of the first OGs of Overwatch content creation, what is it about Overwatch that really drawn you to the game? Well, I do come from an FPS background, and, you know, for for a long time, I kind of, like, grew apart from it, because, you know, for the most part, it was just reskins or just sequels of, like, Call of Duty or, you know, Halo, Battlefield, whatever. Uh, but, like, my, my grassroots date back to, like, the original Wolfenstein and Doom, uh, and I'm I'm constantly still playing like the old school like arcade type shooter. So when I saw Overwatch at BlizzCon for the unveiling, my eyes just lit up. Like we knew that there was going to be a new IP. There were a ton of rumors, and as soon as I locked eyes on that animation, I got to play the game. I knew that like this was going to be my call in, and I have not put the game down since then. 
For this podcast, we're using draft buffs as our method of drafting and kind of playing weekly fantasy. But I understand there are actually quite a bit of options out there for people that are interested in fantasy. So could you tell me a little bit about those? Yeah, absolutely. I actually uh, covered them recently over on the competitive Overwatch Reddit to just let everyone know like there are multiple options and a ton of different ways to play. Now, the primary ones, there are three different ones. Uh, you mentioned Draft Buff, which is a newer entry, which is completely app-based. Uh, they do have a website, but like it's not functioning as a way to like actually draft on PC. So with Draft Buff being this new entry, uh, you know, they are all about the mobile experience of the game. And I will say, like, going through the app, like, this app is so clean. Uh, so you basically get together, you're able to draft teams to compete against one another in, like, head-to-head -head matches. And, like, if you want to know about, like, the defaults of, like, their settings, you know, you're drafting a team that consists of two damage dealers, you got two tank players, two support players, as well as four additional players for your bench and it's basically in regards to the fantasy points revolving around four different stats so it's looking at kills it's looking at deaths as well as you know damage and healing and i know there's a default system for that where you know you earn a point every time a player gets a kill you lose a point should they die uh and then you know damage and healing is all based on like a 0 0.001 per uh, point on that end but all of that can be adjusted by your commissioner uh, and I do know, like, they also offer things for, like, Call of Duty, they got League of Legends, so they're they're basically ticking a lot of boxes for people, and across the board for fantasy, a lot of people are pursuing the mobile experience this year. Uh, but Draft Buff was basically, like, the first one to have a go at it, uh, and as of right now, I can tell you that... As of today, Draft Buff is the only one that you could actively draft on right this minute. The other two primary resources out there are currently doing a lot of testing still. They're in, like, their alpha beta phase. Uh, so I'm expecting both of those to be launching probably within the next week, a week and a half. Uh, so that is something that I do want to note. Uh, so if you're looking to draft right away, Draft Buff is going to be your go-to available on Android uh, as well as iOS devices. But, you know, there are two other primary options. Uh, you have, like, the OG one, which is highnoon.gg. And this platform basically provides three different ways to play. They have Pick'ems, uh, which is what they initially had launched with, where each week you're basically choosing which team is going to win in all of the games. Uh, so, you know, it's basically, you're, you're just trying to accrue as most, like, correct guesses uh, against the field in that end. Then you have your standard draft leagues, which, you know, it's typical head-to-head, -head, you do a snake draft. You know, whoever has the highest uh, points at the end of the week is declared the winner. And, you know, you could also tweak the scoring options. I know, like, they had, uh, you know, raw scoring, which basically would... Uh, account for all of the points that you would earn throughout the week. Otherwise, it would just take, like, your best game of the week otherwise. Uh, all of that could be changed as well. Uh, and then they had the Unlimited Draft, which is basically you're able to choose whichever players you want every single week. There's no, like, set roster restrictions 
or anything like that. So you're basically looking to build what you would think is the perfect team that will net the most points for that week. So rather than head-to-head, -head, you're basically competing against the field. So it's all about like being a leaderboard and just trying to outscore everyone else. Uh, now, I do want to talk about the changes to both of the platforms, but maybe we can save that for a bit. Uh, there is another primary option, which is launching for its second season in Fantasy, and that is FantasyOWL.com. And they primarily focus on daily leagues. So if you're familiar with things like DraftKings, uh, this is probably going to be your go-to in a lot of ways. So you're basically joining daily contests and you're looking to build, you know, a team of six players looking to, you know, outscore the field on that case. Uh, but you do have a set number of points that you can spend on your players. So you have up to 100 points to spend, and each player has a designated level or a cost. And you're basically looking to, you know, draft anywhere from like two to three DPS players, two to three tanks, uh, and one to two support players. And, you know, this, this platform was probably the most played one for us this past season, just because it is more of a... Uh, it's just a lot easier to, like, get into because it's not a full-time commitment. So they basically had a ton of, like, the Fantasy Overwatch League podcasts do win, like, featured leagues, and they were giving away a ton of physical prizes as well. So if you're looking for something that isn't, like, a heavy investment, I definitely recommend them checking out fantasyowl.com. And there's a lot of cool stuff coming to both platforms this season. So I personally have uh, some experience playing fantasy football and basketball. And obviously, in those games are certain strategies. You know, in fantasy football, you want to get a running back first. He'll, he's the linchpin of your team. Fantasy basketball, you're looking for some of those sneaky producers off the bench that just get a lot of stats. So for Overwatch, I guess, really, who are the running backs of Overwatch? Who are some of the people that you should be looking to first? Are you looking for a tank? A support first are you looking to pick dps first what's the general strategy when it comes to playing fantasy overwatch okay so when we're talking about the overall amount of points that a, a player gets uh there were a lot of flex supports that were leading the charts basically throughout the entirety of the season uh, so I, I do have the stats on hand with me. So if I'm looking at total points scored, you have players like Bedosian, Shaz, Boombox, Bebe, Shu, Jonek, Violet, Jehan. Uh, those were all within like the top nine. Uh, basically, all of the top ten outside of Profit were flex support players. So they were definitely at the forefront. So when we're talking about round one, I highly recommend everyone goes out and gets a flex support because they are the most stable position when it comes to Fantasy Overwatch League. Now, that being said, we are still like trying to figure out what the meta is going to be once the Overwatch League is back on the air. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about Baptiste and Zenyatta being the two primary healers. So we could see the field in regards to supports, both at main support and flex support, starting to even out a lot more. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on. So it's hard to tell right now whether or not the flex support trend is going to continue or if we're going to see it level off just a little bit. Uh, but for the most part, the flex supports, even in the GOATS-dominant meta, 
was like the top scorer and even like after that it was still uh pretty close to the top as well so you know go for your flex supports first and then after that you know you could either look for the best available player looking for you know players that play the majority of the maps because that's something that you really need to pay attention to as well especially knowing that we are moving to a best of three uh format or first two three excuse me uh with in regards to like the overwatch league this upcoming season so another question i have is how do you balance picking you know some of the newer rookies coming into the league versus leaning more on established talent that you're familiar with and you know can produce at a high level uh kind of what's the ratio with that Right. When it comes to Alarm, I can tell you, you know, as of right now, we are still compiling aggregate rankings. Uh, and talking to the other podcasters, uh, I'm, I'm actually looking at our aggregate rankings right now. I can tell you, as of today, uh, most of us have Alarm in the top five. We have high expectations for him, knowing that he is coming from, you know, this championship core roster of Fusion University. Uh, and, you know, even when things didn't quite go as they expected in Korea, he was still looking pretty good. But Alarm has always been a fragger at heart. And, you know, we were basically looking at him as someone that is going to be able to mirror what Jonak has been able to do. And if we're talking about average rankings of Jonak, Jonak is a uh, guaranteed top three pick for, you know, most fantasy drafts. So... You know, for the most part, it's just a matter of knowing whether or not or having the belief in the player is going to start over someone that is already has been proven at the slot. Like, Alarm is with there with Boombox. Uh, but there's been so much hype built around Alarm, and everyone has been itching to see this kid play. Alarm's going to slot in immediately, and a lot of people are pegging... You know, the Philadelphia Fusion across the board to be a, uh, a pretty big powerhouse, not just within the Overwatch League, but also at the fantasy level as well. So when it comes to picking uh, between tanks, do you prefer picking an off tank or a main tank? Okay, now this is another interesting case because going back to stage four, we saw a lot of awkward things in regards to main tank and off tanks, and it really revolved around whoever was playing Sigma on these teams. Sigma came out into the Overwatch League, and he was outpouring so much damage that uh, the whatever tank was on that role was basically the majority of the point earnings uh, at the tank level. So you're primarily looking for flex tanks being the off tanks that are playing sigma for the most part there were only a couple of instances where we saw an off tank moving over to orissa and then the main tank was on uh you know the sigma at this point but the the safer bet is always looking at flex tanks uh and you know for the most part you know just looking at uh where people were ranking I want to see, like, how many tanks have to go down in order to find a main tank above a flex tank. So, looking at the points earned, you had Fury that was at the top for the roll. Uh, Note was second. Then we had Elsa, which is kind of a surprising one, because really the Hunter's off-tank rotation was kind of wonky, and Elsa never really stood out too much. Uh, I'm just, I'm scrolling through here. Let's see, there's four, five, okay. We're probably going to be about like 10 to 15 tanks in before we actually get to a main tank. 
So, you know, if we're talking about the depth of the Overwatch League, depending on how many, you know, members you have within your leagues that you're drafting with, you're probably going to cycle through a majority of, you know, the top to average flex tanks before anyone would really consider a main tank. Now, with that being said, there are certain main tanks within the Overwatch League that do have a more aggressive play style that does aid and net more uh, overall value at the fantasy level. So that is primarily looking at a player like, say, Gushui from the Hanju Spark or uh, Fisher, who is now on the Vancouver Titans. You know, you're looking for someone that is always kind of at the forefront pushing the envelope and just the pressure on the opposition because those are the things that usually net you more eliminations or more damage over the course of the games so obviously fantasy overwatch is getting a lot bigger so there's a massive influx of new players that have probably never played any fantasy sports at all so what are some of the common mistakes that you see when it comes to, you know, kind of doing your first draft within Fantasy Overwatch. Yeah, so we've noticed lately uh, a lot of these Overwatch League teams are building, like, four to five-man DPS rotations. And there are certain players that are more map specialists that aren't going to see as much value to you because they're not playing as often as some of the other players. Uh, so, you know, let's use... Uh, the Shock, for example, they had a rotation going on this past season. Uh, and, you know, looking at the later stage, because uh, I don't want to count the first three stages, because Sinatra was obviously one of the top point earners because he was on Zarya being the carry for the team. Uh, when they got to the later stages, the Shock were basically running this rotation where on two of the map types, they would field two DPS. <laughs> And then if it was like a payload or a hybrid map, they would rotate to the other DPS duo. So there were times when like Rascal and Architect would be really good, and then other times it would be like Sinatra or Striker. And it, it, it makes for a really confusing thought process to know, well, what sort of point value you're going to get out of them, because you don't know if they're going to be like a full-time commitment. As opposed to saying, like, nowadays, you know, you look at the Dynasty who made a, a lot of, like, changes this offseason. You know, they picked up who is the best DPS player fantasy-wise as well as, you know, personally in the league and Profit. Like, it's pretty safe to say that Profit is not going to be coming out at any given point on the Dynasty, on that DPS rotation. So, you, you basically have to look at the pop-off potential of players and kind of like average that out against how many maps they would be rotated in. You're usually better off with a safer bet knowing that this player is going to play 90-95% of the maps over someone who might only come in and play like half of a series because you're not going to get the full point value uh, out of them. Now, I do want to note that with FantasyOWL.com, the daily fantasy site, they are doing something that is very intriguing to me, uh, which is best ball. Now, I'm not, I not, I don't know if like if you're familiar with that terminology in fantasy, but basically, with best ball, what's going to happen is, you know, you're going to draft normally, like you'll have a snake draft, and then you basically don't have to set a lineup. 
each week. What's going to happen is, you know, you're going to have, you know, your two tanks, your two damage dealers, your two support players, and it's going to auto-slot whichever player earns the most points at that position on a week-to-week -week basis. So basically draft, and then you leave it. You don't have to worry about substitutions or someone, like, only playing a map or not playing at all. So no matter what, you are going to be at your best of scoring on any given week. And there's going to be a lot of interest from the community on that end where, say, someone doesn't release their starting lineup on Twitter, which is pretty common nowadays. And this is something that, you know, differs from, you know, traditional sports. We don't know who the starting lineup is going to be on every team or what substitutions are going to be coming in ahead of time. So knowing that you could have a player auto-slot in that outperforms someone else that's on your roster is absolutely massive. And I feel like that particular playstyle is going to bring in a lot of new users to uh, not only Fantasy Overwatch League, but daily as well. So I have a list of names in front of me, and I would just like to ask you your opinions on some of these players. They're players that... Me and my co-hosts have had questions about throughout the weeks on the podcast and as we're planning our drafts. So the first player is Sparkle. He doesn't play until May 31st. And while there are a lot of expectations for him, is it even worth using up a roster spot to have Sparkle when he doesn't play for the vast majority of the season? I know this is a tricky one because I want to say Sparkle only plays 12 games this season. He's not the majority of the season, which is pretty significant. Um, I, I will admit I do not have the aggregate Rangans done on DPS, but most of us, if we put him in the top 30, have him at the very bottom of that end. So I would say if you are looking to get Sparkle, you're better off waiting and saving him for your last pick on your team, knowing that... Um, he's going to be coming in at a time where he only has 12 games to basically build that sort of synergy with that team. And the pop-off potential is there, but his primary hero likely isn't going to be in the meta, that being Doomfist, uh, who Doomfist in himself hasn't really been a top like DPS character within the game. So I would be hesitant, but I feel like... You know, depending on how many teams you have in your league, whether it's 6 to 10, you would find better depth looking elsewhere. So next is the LA Gladiators' big pickup in the offseason, Bird Ring. He's now not under Prophet, Fury, Gesture, and Bedosian. Now he's playing with OG, Space, and Mirror. So where do you rank Bird Ring in your DPS rankings? Well, Birdrain is one of the more interesting cases and stories this season. Uh, basically, he doesn't have profit to carry him. Uh, but we're talking about a player who basically benched himself for the playoffs. That does not bode well for my confidence in him as a starter on the Gladiators. I, I feel like if we're looking at that DPS rotation, you were better off drafting mirror as the uh as a primary dps on that team bird rain has too many red flags for me personally i don't think i would actually draft him uh but like i mean i'm trying to even find him in the in the list of the stats to see like how far down he is so let me let me find him uh he 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 netted 1845 points this past season 
which was about a thousand behind uh the top player and like 800 behind profit so uh, that's a tricky one i i would say bird rain is probably middle of the pack so i would say draft accordingly towards like round five or round six should there not be better options available to you at that time? But I really feel like Mirror out of the Gladiators DPS lineup is being severely underrated by the community as a whole. Uh, and I feel like he's probably going to be the top DPS earner on that particular team. Next up, we have Lee, Yaki, and Edison. So they're three players that were brought in as complementary pieces to their team's already established DPS lines. So if you had to pick between one of them, who has the best chance of being a fantasy superstar for you? Knowing how many heroes this kid can play, Leave I think, is probably going to be the rookie of the year. Like, this is someone who we have seen come into the World Cup a couple of years ago. And if I'm not mistaken, he played anywhere between 20 to 22 different heroes uh, throughout the World Cup. Now, a lot of people... Like, like to draw comparisons to someone like Surefor, who picks up a lot of heroes, but necessarily, like, isn't, like, a top 5 or top 10 at any one given hero. But Leaf is, like, the opposite of that. Everything we've seen Leaf play, he plays in an elite level, and that bodes well for Fantasy, knowing that he's going to be able to play basically any hero that is capable of not only carrying the game, but also netting the most eliminations or dealing the most damage. So for me, leave out of the three that you named would probably be the primary pick. But Yaki and Florida, uh, you know, there are certain teams that are like really bad in the Overwatch League that do really well in fantasy. And Florida was definitely one of those teams this past season. So I would not shy away from Yaki either, personally. So how do you feel about Nevix? Nevix for the Toronto Defiant. That is, uh, I'm conflicted on, on him probably more than any other off-tank. There's a lot of hype behind him, like, having a starting position at this point. Uh, and Toronto made a lot of, like, big-name moves. But... I'm worried about the synergy on that team and what that's going to mean for their front line, knowing that they've turned to a main tank who uh, was kind of in contract hell for a long time in Beast Halo, who was on Fusion University, uh, but then he got his time like kind of split, and Nevix just played second fiddle to Choi Hyobin. Uh, but, you know, Toronto is probably going to be one of the teams that is going to finish like middle of the pack. Uh, in regards to fantasy totals across the board. But a lot of us are pegging Nevix to be uh, probably like top 10 overall for the flex tank role, or just tank in general. Uh, so uh, on that note, I would probably say you're, you're more looking at like maybe a round four pick for him in particular. Like I wouldn't take him over like Fury or Janu, Space or Rhea. You know, people that have been very established already within the Overwatch League. Uh, but Nefix wouldn't be too far behind. So I wouldn't say he's top tier, but he's still going to be a solid choice for you as like a secondary option at the tank position. So Mono is widely regarded as one of the best tanks in the league. 
Uh, so how do you view his fantasy stock? Is Mono somebody we should pick up early or wait on? Mono hasn't really performed that great in fantasy. Um, looking at our aggregates, he's currently ranked 24th. Uh, some of us don't even have him in the top 30 uh, for the tanks. Now, I will say Mono in particular is more of a passive main tank, uh, which does not necessarily equate to fantasy points. So comparing him to Fisher, uh, Fisher is ranked as high as 9th in our rankings. Uh, but he's more, like, around the 17 to 18 rank overall. But, you know, looking at Vancouver as a whole, this is a team who has a very good support in cast. They know how to work around an aggressive tank. If you need any proof of that, you probably didn't watch the Overwatch League this past season when Bumper was uh, just doing his own thing most of the time. Uh, but we know Fisher can play good with teams that are aggressive. And, you know, he, he really did well for the Dynasty, even when he was split in time with Marvell. So if we're talking main tanks, Fisher would probably be... Uh, probably like 17th or 18th overall. He'd probably be mid-round pick in regards to the drafts, but I... Don't know if I would take him over a majority of the field at the off tank position uh, quite yet, but you know I would keep an eye on him. Like he'd be a good waiver wire pick, I would imagine, based on uh, if he doesn't go drafted. But I wouldn't take him over a majority of the flex tanks right now. And last, should you draft any shock DPS? I mean, their DPS line feels very running back by committee. And it really feels uncertain. I don't feel comfortable picking anybody. Oh, man. Now, here's the interesting thing. Like, everyone has a, has a piece of the pie on the shock. <laughs> that, that's the best way to put it. Everyone has, like, a set game plan for the shock. And, you know, we, we saw Rascal coming in at times playing the Baptiste. And he was an absolute unit in Fantasy Overwatch League. The problem was... He didn't always play. And really, that was true for majority of the Shock players. So if I were to, like, gut pick any of them, Sinatra's probably going to be your best option on that front. Uh, just because we are starting to see some more dive come into play, especially with some of the recent changes. Uh, but he's he's kind of still the backbone of that team in particular. But if we're talking about flexibility, Rascal is pretty close to what his value would be in fantasy. So those would probably be the two safest picks in regards to that DPS rotation. Well, that's all I really had uh, for this interview yet again. Thank you so much for your time and... Uh... This chat has really helped us kind of inform the draft that listeners are about to hear. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, whenever we get the aggregate rankings out, I will be sure to let you guys know. Uh, so if you guys haven't drafted by then, it can definitely uh, help maybe make up some decisions for you. And uh, I do have some other stuff, too, in regards to, like, teams that play, you know, X amount of games per week, when they're on buys, and things like that, so... Definitely keep stuff like that in mind as well. Don't overload your team with players all from the same team. Uh, so I would say probably hard cap it at like two to three players on that end. 
uh, especially with how wonky the scheduling is in this upcoming season. Thank you again to Totemly Drunk for doing that interview. Super cool of you. You guys can, of course, go and follow him anywhere if you haven't heard of him yet somehow. Go ahead and do that. He does the Heroes Never Die podcast. You can follow him on Twitter, at Totemly Drunk. Hit him up on that. Go support that dude. He makes great content. We're going to start the draft. It is a four-team draft. But there are only three people on the podcast. <gasps> we have a wild card in the form of Taylor's undisclosed friend who has never watched the Overwatch League. We have no idea what she is going to pick. Her first pick has actually already come in, and it's Fitz as a DPS. I think she was attracted to the name. <laughs> but that is interesting. So Fitz is off the board. Obviously, it's a four-team draft. The app only supports four-team drafts, so we decided it's a fun wild card because we never know if she's going to draft Stratus or if she's going to take somebody that we really wanted. So it's an interesting wrinkle. She may draft Nene. She may draft Prophet. You never know. <laughs> Anyway, so Fitz is off the board, but now it is the first pick of the actual Scrapyard crew with Nathan. So a minute is on the clock for Nathan. And just to kind of reiterate some of the interesting strategy that Totemly Drunk had going into fantasy, you know, flex supports are a giant contributors to your team. Very similar to fantasy football, where the running back is the workhorse. Flex support offers heals, damage, and eliminations. Whereas, you know, DPS only offer damage and eliminations, and tanks really only offer damage and eliminations. So it seems like flex supports are in high demand, and I honestly didn't know that. I figured an off-tank might be more important, but it's interesting that flex support is the role. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really hard for me to decide, because I'm looking at two different supports here that I really like. I really like Twilight, great flex support, but I also really like Jonak. From what I've heard, he performed really well. For fantasy overwatch last year he is what you're looking for it's just who do i think will play more and i'm trying to think like okay if i'm going you know i may have to dive heavy into some shock players later i think i gotta go with jonak okay. as my first pick because for the pure reason that i know one he's gonna perform he's gonna give me them points but also he is going to definitely be playing on weeks that the Titans may not. Yeah. Or, you know, vice versa. You know, I don't want all my chickens in the West Coast. Yeah, Jonak is basically the number one player in all of fantasy. The last two years he's been the top of the fantasy leaderboards. Highest damage support player. Is basically the centerpiece of that New York. And I think also, I feel like this season it's going to be even more around Jonak depending on how the meta shakes up but Jonak obviously the pick you know yeah. you you go with the number one flex support when flex support dominates the league so Taylor is on the clock yes I am I'm very much on the clock I am looking through the players and let's see. I'm gonna have to go with Shaz from the LA Gladiators Shaz is off the board. He ranked high in a lot of people's fantasy predictions. Everybody had Shaz really high. I mean, I saw some predictions where it was like Jonak, Violet, and then like Dogman and Shaz. And you're like, wait, Dogman puts up stats? Yeah. But I mean, Shaz, he's never missed a map for the right. LA Gladiators. He's going to play. He has no competition on that team. Mm -hmm. And so he's obviously the guy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so for my pick... 
let's let's drop all these pretenses of my team's name is Xavier's Profit Fan Club. And so I just want everybody to know I'm drafting Profit number one. Okay. He is drafted. I don't care about this flex support crap. Profit is the best player in all of Overwatch League. And in fact, Profit is the one damage dealer that ranks just as high as these flex support players. So that shows how potent Profit is. And I think on a new team, the Soul Dynasty, he has no competition on that team in terms of DPS. And I think that Profit is going to even have more of the workload because Fitz is a very complimentary player. And I feel like he's going to pop off much less than Bird Ring does. So this team is going to be just straight up Profit's team. And I am a giant fan of the LeBron James of the Overwatch League. The best player in the world, Profit. So he easily gets my first pick. So those are the first three draft picks for the Scrapyard crew. Fitz went first for uh, Taylor's Undisclosed Friend. And then we had Jonak, Shaz, and Profit. I feel like that's a very reasonable top three for this crew. Two of the best supports and the player that I fan. Right. Yeah. So we're going into round two, and I have the you know next pick. This is a Serpentine draft. And now I'm thinking, do I want to get a high-level support, or do I mess around with tanks? Because there are some tanks that I really enjoy. And since this is a Serpentine draft, I don't have a pick for like the next six picks and so this next pick has to be big naturally i'm going to go with a player that a lot of people expect a lot out of going into this season and i think he is a risky pick this early in the draft and i'm 80 percent sure he would fall later in the draft so i'm not gonna pick him i'm gonna pick violet from the san francisco shock makes sense <laughs> good choices so, basically the reasoning to pick Violet instead of some other options is Violet was the one player on the San Francisco Shock next to Moth and Choi who played every single map. There was no subbing out Violet. So, I like to have Violet in there. He is one of the most potent players on the San Francisco Shock next to Choi Hyobin. So, I'm looking at Violet to carry my team. So, I think Violet and Prophet, nasty duo. Up next, we have Taylor's pick. Yeah, so it's my pick next. And, you know, looking through, you gotta kind of think out loud. You kind of have to look through all these tanks slash DPS. We don't know what I'm gonna pick. But I think I'm gonna have to go with Mecco as my next pick. Mecco, the number two pick, obviously, new environment, playing with Houston. He is kind of Houston's big name acquisition, so I think that that's a solid pick. I would raise a question, however, pertaining to your pick. Uh, I would raise a question about the efficacy of Mecco because Hydration is also on the team. Mm -hmm. Hydration may see more play than Mecco. Mecco is a more proven player. And in fact, he was one of the top tanks in terms of draft position. Draft buff has him as the number 10 off tank. It's just very interesting that you would pick him over Fury, Janu, Space, Choi, all these other high-powered players. I'm thinking long con. I'm thinking 
trying to get inside the heads of the other people at the table, basically. And the one person that's not at the table. And I know that Mecco is, again, one of the few people now on the Houston Outlaws. They'll probably see consistent play. And I feel like the Houston Outlaws has a very good chance this season. So I feel like keeping getting a tank from the Houston Outlaws is a solid pick for me and what I'm going for. So it's my pick now. And, you know, eventually a shock player has to get chosen. Absolutely. And I think the only option is Troy Oban. Now, definitely better than Mecca. Hey, 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 calm down. Now, why am I picking Troy Oban? This man is one of the best, if not the best, flex tank player in the league. This man puts up the numbers. This man puts in the work. He puts teams on his back. He is just as important as your Sinatra. He is just as important as your Moth. And seeing as I already have Jonak, I can't like I can't put all my chickens into the into the support basket. You know I gotta have that them tank points rolling in. So I feel like Troy is the is the real the real good choice for me right here in round two pick three. I mean also you know Troy Hoban's obviously going to play every single map and. The real good thing about Choi is I don't see there ever being a meta where Choi is not going to perform in. He's right. an incredible Roadhog player. An incredible. He was a Diva one trick, we all thought. And he's obviously a top-tier Sigma. Uh, there are some like weird rumors that Super might be a better Sigma now, but that doesn't diminish how good Choi is proven. Yeah, and right. Choi was always quick to get on his own pace yeah and like, troy just gets his you yeah, know no, they might just drop a new tank and troy will pick it up and then exactly fly. troy is very much like rascal where he's just gonna do everything mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely definitely so just to kind of recap uh this last rounds before the wild card pick comes up first three picks of the second round me picking violet taylor picking mecco and nathan picking troy hyobin from the san francisco shock three two really good players and one okay player hey hey, hey hey don't come at <laughs> don't 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 come at me like that it's almost like picking you know nene early in a draft just kind of like a you know could be a good player i think you probably could have got him in like the eighth round i feel like nobody would have really picked mecca listen and interesting this is a development the mystery oh. player <laughs> For a second, I saw Profit pop up because I refreshed the page. I was like, how the fuck? Our mystery guest picked Gesture. This is actually like a, a legit solid pick. Yeah, obviously, Gesture is a main tank, and there are some issues. Obviously, main tanks are not high value mm -hmm. in Fantasy Overwatch. However, this does mean Gesture is not available once we start picking main tanks. Right. Yeah. So that does throw it in, because honestly, Gesture would have been my, what, second main tank I would have mm -hmm. as an option. Uh, so that is a pretty interesting development for me. Oh my god. And obviously with this being a snake draft, she has another pick, and she picks Twilight. Which is <laughs> oh, also fuck, an amazing choice of a pick. An actual pick. Twilight is what number two flex support right now yeah number two i'm a pretty lot of sure people, so twilight obviously second to jonak which i think that's a really good pick and this is kind of why the wild card obviously 
It's the first of... pick kind of sucked with Fitz, but then Gesture and Twilight get taken off the board, and not going to lie, I'm sure one of us is going to pick Twilight next. So mm-hmm. that's a very strong pick. Damn. All right, well, Gesture and Twilight are off the board. Seeing as I can't pick Twilight now, that's true. which was my next pick, I'm going to go with Decay. Okay. Well, so no, here's where I'm going with the Decay. I want a DPS right now. I know I could get him later. Where I'm like, what? I can't really go with like a Titans DPS. There's no, there's no Titans DPSs that I, I could really go with. I want someone who's gonna, you know, be, be playing a little bit. I want someone simple. I'll kind of run it in later. I'll, I'll be honest. Fucking gesture in Twilight fucked me. It kind of threw me for a loop there, and I gotta, I gotta kind of like, you know, gotta recuperate. But I'm picking Decay. He's not that bad in points, and he's gonna perform for me. Okay, while well, you're out here going all the way down the DPS train, I guess I'll just go ahead and take Haxel while you're being silly. Alright, so uh, Nathan transferred Taylor's bad pick energy to him, and Taylor picks Haxel. Obviously, Haxel. DPS. Yeah, great DPS. <laughs> and after such a bad pick, apparently, with Mecco, I guess I have to regain my name for the Ginger Snaps and pick Axel. Okay, so since y'all two are just being weird with these picks, I'm about to drop the hottest two picks of all time. First, we're taking Alarm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Philadelphia Fusion's rookie support is a veteran but also a rookie he's been playing forever just been waiting to get of age violet was a monster in contenders there is some reservation about the fact that fusion university kind of wasn't as great when they went to korean contenders and obviously overwatch league has step up from that but alarm is going to have a lot more support on his team playing with dudes like fury carpe eqo I think that it's going to work out, and Alarm is going to put up monster stats. Then, since this is a Serpentine draft, I have another pick. Notice, I haven't touched tank yet. And there are basically the best tanks in the game still available. But I don't want multiple Philadelphia Fusion players, so I'm not going to pick Fury as much as I want to. And I do not want a Vancouver Titans player because I already have a Vancouver Titans player in mind that I want for my team. So, we are going to go with the next best choice, which I believe to be Space. Now, here's the interesting thing with Space. I don't think he is... He's obviously not the best off-tank available. Janu, Fury, Rhea, even Elsa is probably a better like tank option. Because they play more, they put up really good stats. The thing with Space, though, is we saw last year with the LA Valiant that despite the team being trash, Space was consistently performing. And I feel like on a new roster, Space is going to feel reinvigorated, and he's honestly going to be one of the centerpieces of that team. This team is not going to be built around the DPS line, the support line, are more there to elevate the rest of the players. I don't think you can really play around Shaz and Big Goose. 
they are just such a tight duo, but I don't think they're going to take you over the top. And I feel like this team is just going to play around tanks. They're going to play around space and OG and allow them to flourish because, honestly, Bird Ring, Mirror, they're very inconsistent, but space is always consistent. And he's one of the players that I'm absolutely not going to pick any more Gladiators players, so I know that at least that's a safe pick. Okay, and while you were finishing up your discussion, I have drafted my other tank. I had yet to get a Philadelphia Fusion player, so I went ahead and took Fury. He's, I'm pretty sure, the number one of tanks. Number one, maybe number two, for a draft buff. And he's just a really great player. Like, there's never been a time where you'd kind of like, oh, Fury's bad. And he plays consistently, and he's probably one of the best parts of the Philadelphia Fusion. And his former playings on the London Spitfire really proved that. And I think he deserves a spot on my team. For sure. Obviously, Fury, somebody that I would have probably picked over space, but, you know, I already have uh, Alarm, and I might pick up another Philly player, so Fury is a little tenuous for me when mm -hmm. it comes to having such a stacked Philly roster. But obviously, Fury, he's the prophet of tanks. <laughs> he's the best yeah. off. He's the best off tank. I think this season he's going to be better than Choi Hyobin. And I mean that. So, you know, obviously next week when we get into kind of like predictions and what we think is going to happen this season, I have Fury being an MVP level player for sure. Nathan is on the clock. Past two rounds just kind of recap you. Twilight was taken by the mystery. Decay was taken by Nathan. Interesting pick. And then we have a lot of firecrackers after that. Taylor picks Haxel as her DPS. I pick Alarm and Space. And then Taylor nabs Fury. So now we're up to Nathan. Wonder where he's going to go. Obviously, just to recap his team, he has Decay, Choi Hyobin, and Jonak. So it's a pretty stacked roster. You're pretty so, evened out right now. So I'm going back to tank. Okay. Um, I may have some plans for Vancouver down the line. I have, I have other tanks in my head. But they're not, they're not the pick for right now. I need to just, you know, I need to kind of come back from that Decay pick. It's not, I will stand by my Decay pick. I need a DPS that won't be there all the time, but that'll be there. And I feel like Decay has something. Has a little bit of potential that y'all aren't seeing yet. I have a couple other DPS in mind, but right now we're going with Janu. Ooh, ooh, another A-plus off-tank, off the board. And I'm putting pretty much most of my eggs in the off-tank basket. Troy Hoven and John is disgusting. And the reason <laughs> is... That's a really nasty team. And Jonak? Holy shit. Ooh. And the reason is that y'all ain't taking them, and I'm just hoping for the best. Now, I have some I have some plans with Shrock down the line, maybe. I may pull in some other Titans players, so but I'm going to back off of those two teams and think about my next pick. Which I may or may not have in mind, but you know, we'll we'll get there when we get there. Yeah, Choi, Janu, and Jonak alone carries you through a game. Yeah. They alone could just win you a game. That's a very dangerous line where if Decay does pan out like you think he will, it's kind of terrifying. Like it's a very terrifying team to have to go against. Definitely. Um, it makes me almost regret wanting to go with another Vancouver player. However, we'll see if that pans out for me. I do have high hopes for a certain Vancouver tank. Now, with each of the teams, Xavier has one DPS spot still open, one tank. He has filled out his supports. 
for his kind of main roster. And then he has all of the four spots on the bench still open. The bench is where these teams are going to really kind of, we're going to really see like the draft ability, I think, with with the bench, because then you're looking for deep cuts. And then for myself, I have filled out my tanks. I still have DPS and support. And then Nathan has filled out his tanks also, and he still has a DPS and support. So I think this is a good point to kind of open up discussion and see what in your mind you're kind of going for how hard and how far you think you can push when it comes to these like last round draft picks well i have players that i know neither of you are going to pick i just have a really good feeling that neither of you are going to pick them however there is the the fourth option right picking one of them just randomly and me getting completely thrown off because i do have a very clear game plan of of the people i want i think space was a break from that game plan but after listening to totally drunk's advice I did not want to load up too much on Vancouver players, despite how good they are. Mm. Yeah, that's true. So that did kind of throw me a little bit off, but I think space was a solid pickup. However, I think this team will really be made by the bench because Profit's going to carry the team. Violet should carry the team. Mm -hmm. And it's just really hoping Alarm performs like we expect Alarm to do. And the mystery player has just drafted Rappel. Yeah, that's a far cry from picking gesture and twilight back to back, back. To back. <laughs> so repel homie might not play that much but obviously repel was pretty good for the time he played with the vancouver titans it's a you know flex you... support which you know that's that's meta i do enjoy that both of the support roles that, that the mystery player has picked has been Ooh, so the lat the mystery player just as I said about talking about throwing wrenches, Leave there is go. off the board. Damn. Oh. I was hoping Leave would drop to me. Leave, I think, is going to win Rookie of the Year. He's a monster. Anybody that watched the Shanghai Masters oh, would see was... just Leave being a complete nut. And I was hoping he'd drop to me in like the 8th, ninth round. Hoping none of y'all would pick him, so that that's a big... Leave big was one of those ones I was hoping to... St- to sneak in that really kind of threw me for a loop because now i'm thinking shit where do i go because there's there's a couple of players that i can see you guys snatching up uh-huh that i think are really important for for what i need to do so just to be safe real quick you know one thing i was never good at doing in school was taking tests uh, go on okay but i know someone who can pass them constantly Oh, oh. Th- this podcast mascot. <laughs> if it'll let me fucking draft him, I'm going to draft Sherfor. Okay. Lane Roberts is off the board. Decay and Sherfor, who were teammates last year. Yeah. Now so, no longer teammates. Here's the thing. Toronto is playing very early. None of us have Toronto players, except for me now. Yeah, so you, you will be getting some early points. I'll be getting some early points, and I'm getting points from someone they are guaranteed to play around. Yeah, he's never sure for is getting played. I want him early on. I have other thoughts. I may go back to Toronto just in case for something, but I doubt it. He He's my secured, this is who I need. Okay. Yeah, Decay and Surefour is a very... Like, you have, you have consistency with your tanks in uh, Jonak. And then Decay and Sherfor is very one week. They might just be like, 
middling. But another week, they might hit you with 100 Elims and, like, 20 deaths and, you know, a crazy amount of hero damage and push you past. Look, man, I'm a gold player. DPS never does shit for the team. That's what's up. Uh, he said it first. You heard it here, boys, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm going through, and I'm thinking, I need a DPS. Yes, Taylor only has Hoxel as her uh, DPS. She's also down. It's a good choice, support. though. Haxel I also need a support. And coming down to it, it's getting a little, a little hard to pick. I think I'm going to take the next Toronto Defiant player. I'm going to draft Kareev. Which he would not be happy about because he's not bringing his teammate along with him. Kareev and Shaz is a very good support line. Uh, obviously, Shaz, I think, is better than Kareev when it comes to fantasy. But, I mean, Kareev is obviously no joke. It's the, the early points with the Toronto getting to play so many games, I think, will actually make Kareev a very solid pick. And I would like to get at least my tank and support line underway and then go back to the DPS because DPS is probably the most stacked out of all of the players. So when it comes down to it, you can't really go wrong with most of the DPS, even going into the like later numbers. So that will be my pick for this round. There is an argument to draft Hotba because he is one of my favorite players, but he that is. would be stupid. I'm not doing that. <laughs> but, you know, I already picked Prophet, who is, you know, the player that I'm riding with. Rabbi. I'm missing another DPS. Now, I feel like this is an easy pick, and I knew he would drop a little bit just because DPS isn't necessarily, like, the go-to. But I do have two consecutive picks, so honestly, it doesn't matter. And if I can't get leave, I'm going to get his partner in crime, Jinmu. Mm. Okay, that's a good choice. That's so I'm going to draft Jinmu, Flex God. Profit and Jinmu is a very potent uh, team. Mm -hmm. There that is some concern. Yeah, there is some Jin concern with Chengdu just because Chengdu gets weird sometimes. But I think Jinmu, he basically played all the time. Now that he has leave, it's it's going to be the Jinmu and leave show. So I look forward to having Jinmu be on the team. Next, we are missing another tank. However... Yet again, neither of you are going to draft the tank I want. So I think it's time to kind of buff up my my roster and kind of start adding some bench talent in there. With that said, my next pick is going to be in the support category. And I'm going to pick, what, the most underrated player in all of Overwatch, I would say? Shu of the Guangzhou Charge. Okay, yeah, that's a good choice. Now, Shu... If we have, if if we straight up have some like OG listener of this podcast <laughs> knows our very first like first or second episode, we did like a um our like all teams, so all name, all Overwatch teams, and the starting support for my all Overwatch team was Shu. He's statistically a monster, and he's consistent. He's straight up right up there with, like, Jonak and Violet in terms of just being consistently great. And the only issue was the fact that a lot of people overlooked him because the Guangzhou charge 
were straight up awful to begin the season. But I feel like as Guangzhou charged and proved, a lot of the attention was thrown on the happy Eileen, Nero, but nobody is really talking about the dude that enabled all of that to happen. And that man's name is Shu. So Shu is my draft pick. Uh, so just to recap a little bit, Leave, Shurfor, Kareev, Jinmu, and Shu are off the board. Uh, next pick is up to Taylor. Uh, and my next pick will be wrapping out my DPS lineup. And I picked Urster from the Atlanta Reign. He's like ranked number three on the draft buff. And we've talked a lot about how Atlanta Reign and a lot of people are thinking how Atlanta Reign is going to really come out this season and really destroy and like make a good stand for themselves. But I believe that Urster himself is just him and especially him and Edison will really stand out. And I think the crazy things that they will do that we've seen before, like that at least we've seen with Erster before will help me in the long run. Also, Erster next to Haxel will be very fun as a DPS. So with duo. the first Atlanta player being picked, I feel like this is relevant to bring up, but Atlanta doesn't play a game for the first three weeks. Mm-hmm. Then they do have a nice stretch where they play four weeks in a row, then have an off week, three weeks, have two off weeks, then they play six straight weeks after that. So the early season, you are sacrificing something by picking an Atlanta player. But then I think once we hit like the middle of the season, Atlanta will be playing more than some other teams. So that is something to definitely consider, the fact that Erster will be out of action for the first three weeks of the season. Yeah. But once he does play... He plays for very long stretches. Yeah. And there's always the opportunity to put him on a bench, yeah. bring in another DPS. And there's so much DPS talent in the league that... You won't be missing out on much. Yeah, you, you should be relatively fine with that. So Erster is off the board. The first Atlanta player to go so far. In terms of teams that we haven't picked a player from, it's really the bottom teams. London, Valiant, Florida, and Washington is actually interesting. Nobody has been picked from Florida, Washington, Paris. You don't know that yet. Maybe people have some people in mind. Yeah, no Paris is. Um, it's definitely a lot of the top teams that have performed. Uh, interestingly, obviously, Totally Drunk did say Florida has performed well in fantasy. Yeah. Uh, so far, so I, that you know that's interesting. But obviously, there are better players in the in the league than some of the people on Florida. And I think you could get a Florida player in the 10th round or even on the waiver wire. So next pick is Nathan. And Nathan, what is your logic going into this one? That's the thing. Like, I'm having a tough time choosing, right? Because at this point, we're five rounds deep, many picks deep. So what do I what do I do here? I want to I wanna finish. I want to get my last support. But I need to choose you know, wisely here. And here's the thing. I have not picked a fusion player yet. Mm. I missed out on Fury. Big mistake. You know, I could have gotten him in there. I had the opportunity. I didn't seize it. This isn't a Carpe joke. I'm picking Funny Astro. So I am being mm, funny. The rookie. Now, why am I picking Funny Astro? Much like Draft Buff's analysis does say... I believe he's going to get damn near 100% playtime. He will be playing. He's a support. Supports get the points in. And I just, 
know that he has performed well in contenders and I feel like I believe in him to keep that up I legitimately believe that Funny Astro could pop off this season and I think that could add a nice ground out to kind of cushion the decay choice yeah Funny Astro obviously going to get a lot of playing time he is an aggressive player too especially Lucio he is an aggressive Lucio Uh, so it's not like picking Animo who lays back and doesn't do anything Funny Astro is going to be right up in the action in the in the vein of Neptuno, mm-hmm. in a similar kind of style. He's going to be playing next next to Alarm, mm-hmm. and so that is interesting. If we do end up going against each other, we both have one half of the support duo, right? And so will Funny Astro kind of take away from what Alarm can do? Yeah, it's a very that, interesting. It is point. a very good point. In other news, the mystery player just drafted Gushway. Gushway is off the board and Marvel. So tanks are being taken. Gushway, giant pick. Giant fucking pick. I feel like... Was that your tank pick? No, no, no. I have another... But Gushway is a person that I had in mind thinking he's going to drop. And same with Marvel. I figured he was going to drop a lot. So those are two really big names off the board. Gushway, obviously a main tank, but a main tank that is the center of his entire team and Marvel, he was incredible to close out the season, especially on Sigma. I thought his Sigma before Choi Hyobin came into his own, Marvel Sigma was top in the league mm-hmm. and was putting up like stupid stats. So he is off the board, the Seoul Dynasty tank mm-hmm. and the Hangzhou Spark tank. Uh Wild. first Hangzhou Spark player taken today. It yeah. looks like it. So Hangzhou Spark and Soul Dynasty are getting some love right now. I have been rolling deep in tanks. Go on. And I'm kind of considering keep doing that. You know, like, we know Florida players do well. I have one from there in mind, in the back of my head here. I have I have another player from another team in the back of my mind from a team I've already picked from. And I'm like, damn, that's kind of dangerous. A lot of my picks are coming from the same team. And this is this is a rough choice to make right now. I'm picking for my bench now, but you know I'm gonna take the risk. I'm gonna pick from the same team, and I'm gonna go with Note. Why am I gonna go with Note? That's an interesting question. Why why would I pick Note? Why would you pick Note? Everybody knows how I feel about Note. <laughs> Here's the thing. Why would you pick Note? <laughs> he performed well in fantasy, regardless of how well Dallas did. Mm, that's fair. Whether they won or lost, he still put up numbers. Mm. Note puts up numbers. And that's why I'm actually like picking Nevix, because I'm not picking Note. Nevix uh, might be an even riskier pick than Note, honestly. That's... Ooh. Nevix, apparently the greatest Overwatch League player to ever live, uh, is finally getting a chance to show that skill after being locked down on the San Francisco Shock behind our boy Cho Hyobin. Nevix is now in Toronto. Mm-hmm. He's going to get all the playing time. He is the better of the two tanks on that team. And this is his time to shine, you know. There's a lot of pressure on him. Everybody expects a lot from him. So I think Nevix at a high point is an excellent player. But Nevix might end up being average. So I, I do like how Boomer busts up. Like, you have a very consistent core. And then it's just kind of like the potential to just yeah. completely overrun us. It's it's very it's a very interesting strategy. I do enjoy it. 
it kind of makes me feel bad about my team. Like I feel like I gotta, I gotta start, I gotta start reaching for some people. You, know? yeah. you could go for note. I feel like I legitimately feel like I might miss out on note here. I mean, um, I'm absolutely not gonna pick note because yeah. I just, I just dislike him. <laughs> yeah. You know, I gotta keep up the bit. I don't care about him. I care about the stats he's putting up. It's That's it's true. the thing between like, do I want so many tanks mm-hmm. in my bench that because I could go for note, but I kind of do want this other pick. Yeah, I mean, note was number nine. Yeah, no, he yeah. he puts up he puts up the numbers. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if Taylor picked note right now. Well, but Hawk, Void, and Rhea are above note. Um, technically, there are a lot of really good off tanks. Technically, yeah, right you know, off tanks. Off tank t- is a point heavy. Yeah, position. there's a lot of good tanks available right now, even main tanks. So tank is low key deep. Yeah, I'm gonna make up for my weird choice with Mecco, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna pick another tank. This is gonna be my first bench player, and I'm gonna go. He's pretty far down there. But I feel like I want him now. I'm gonna go with Gonzu, with the Dallas okay. Fuel. Former Shanghai, currently with Dallas. And I'm picking Gonzu because, looking back, he is kind of the person who, and we've said this, he's kind of the person who's made the Shanghai Dragon push forward in that last season. And I think, as we said, him moving into the Dallas Fuel is really going to bring that morale up with the Dallas Fuel. And I think Gomzu is a perfect backup to my plan, and I feel like Gomzo Fury would be interesting in a way. Alright, so yet again, I know exactly what I'm going to do. Because I'm a fan of some people. You know, we need to go to Florida. Florida player has not been picked. And honestly, as much as I would like to pick Saya player and Yaki, yeah. One of those two, because I do love them as DPS players. I feel like it's more reasonable to pick another support player and just kind of have that sort up, but I do already have Shu. So there's a lot of questions that need to be answered, but I do want a Florida player. In terms of tanks, however, Florida has nothing going on. I think Gargoyle was really cool to end last season. But when it comes to this season, I'm not entirely sure Gargle is going to make himself a top contender. So we do need to go to the DPS yard and pick up the god Saya player. Because I do have two consecutive picks. So quite frankly, I can just take Saya player right now and I have another pick for my safer option. So I'm picking Saya player, Prophet Jinmu Saya player, three DPS that are the complete focal points of their team. And Florida does perform pretty well in terms of fantasy. So I do look at Saya player to be able to carry me in some weeks. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, in terms of this draft buff ranking, Saya player is not even in the top 20. But I do disagree with that because I do value Saya player being the player on Florida. And hopefully putting up big stats now that Florida is in a complete dumpster fire of a team. Now we should look at shoring up tank. Now obviously the tank that I want is not going to get picked. I keep saying that. (laughs) Now I'm getting real nervous that I'm going to be wrong. But I do actually need a second starting tank. I've I've neglected tank for a little bit. So what we're going to do 
is I'm going to take a gigantic risk here. This is a player I know honestly nothing about. And while I could pick Rhea, Void, Hawk, they're sure things. They're for sure going to be good. However, I like to live on the edge. So I am going to pick Bernard of the London Spitfire. London Spitfire has gotten no love this draft, and I'm going to pick Bernard. Now, here's the thing. London is going to be a bad team. Taylor has the next pick. London is going to be a bad team. However, there are a lot of people that know about Overwatch that are saying London isn't going to be as bad as we expect. Still bad, but not Season 1 Shanghai. Not Florida bad. They're going to be bad, but still competitive. And Bernard is a player next to Glister that everybody seems to be talking about as an absolute nut. And so this draft pick is risky, but I think I have a more sure thing tank that'll be coming up with my very last pick of this draft. So I'm going to take a risk with this one and pick Bernard and just hope it pans out. Because if it does pan out, it's cool. If it doesn't, I have somebody else. Yeah. And I will move on to my pick. I will pick Rascal of the San Francisco Shock. Another DPS that will, I think, meld really well with Erster and Haxel in my DPS line. A lot of great things. And and Rascal is a very flexible player. So I feel like anything that I would need, I can kind of get him to go on to that. And I know that he'll get some playing time. He's a solid member of the Shock and I know he will be most likely interchanged out with the rest of the team. So for me, sitting here and I'm thinking, okay, what teams have I touched? What teams have I not touched? I haven't touched the LA Gladiators, and I've been rolling deep with tanks. And I, I kind of want to keep going there, so I'm thinking, damn, OGE looking a little sweet. But then I scroll down a little bit, and I see Mono. And my thing with Mono is that I'm pretty sure it's who Xavier wants to pick. <laughs> Actually, no. I mean, as as um, Totally Drunk said, you know, Mono is an underperformer when it comes to fantasy, despite being a top-level player. However, with Mecho gone and Hotba being in the lineup, he might end up improving. But Mono is definitely a player that has underperformed expectations when it comes to fantasy. Correct. So then I was like, damn, what do I not have a lot of? DPS. Still in the Gladiators, I'm still thinking, you know, I'm looking at a bunch of different players and thinking, look, man, I'm, I'm struggling here with what, what should be my next pick. There's a lot of good options. You know, Carpe is still available. I know. Corey is available. That's the problem. There's still a lot of good players available. That's definitely the difference between, like, a 14 versus a 10-team league. Like, there are a lot of really good players available late in the draft. And I feel like my DPS is the least sure, like, least certain. And I do already have a Fusions player, so I don't want to go for Carpe. Gotta go with my man, Corey. The GOAT. Why do I go with Corey? He is the GOAT. Literally. (laughs) Literally. player of all time. Literally. He is a top talent on Widow and Hanzo. Um, he is one of the reasons Washington Justice is as good as they are. And I mean, he is the Washington Justice. You know? He is the yeah. Washington Justice. 
And I feel like he can kind of bring back that strong position I have when I won't be able to run a Choi or a Janu. That's fair. And I mean, he he is a, a more sure thing than I would say Decay is. Right. And so you have him as a sure thing, and if Decay is, like, popping off one week, um, you know Decay is there to kind of, like, be the high ground. Uh, but Corey is a, a very stable pick. I mean, your team is looking low-key terrifying. I mean, Decay, sure, for Corey, fine, whatever. But Choi and Janu and Jonak and Funny Astro, I think, could potentially be one of the best, like, rotations in this entire league. And my boy! So, uh, our mystery has picked Onimo, oh. who, quite frankly, is a terrible fantasy pick. But as I've said repeatedly on this podcast, and I will continue to say, Onimo should have been an MVP candidate last year. That's true. The man is very good. He is. Probably not good in fantasy, because he's, he does have probably the safest playstyle in to the ever history exist. of yeah. Overwatch League. Dude is unbelievably safe, but that might work in the favor because while some other supports might rack up deaths, he won't rack up any deaths. And another one of my favorite players taken. The mystery drafty has picked Happy, which is Mr. 90 what well, it was like 50% crit accuracy. Something along those lines. I mean, Happy is one of those players that, yet again, I've, I've sung the praises of plenty of times on this podcast. He's an incredible player. Unbelievably accurate. And just another player that was lost in the shuffle of Guangzhou being really bad for the first half of the season. A lot of people seem to not recognize that Happy is very good player so nathan is up next with the pick. yeah he is i need another dps i'm going from what used to be one of the teams that i would shit on constantly to a team that i will continue to shit on constantly by picking yaki now here's the thing it's like you're trying to just sabotage me first you get funny astro and then yaki who also plays with my last pick, Saya player? That's... That is exactly why I picked Yaki. That's a flex. I want to make sure that even though you have Saya player, I have someone with a much deeper pool of hero play. That's true. Yaki can pull from anywhere, man. I swear to God, this guy's a beast. I'm actually really looking forward to watching him play, and that is the main reason I picked him, is that I'm going to be invested in those games, and if I'm investing in those games emotionally, I'm investing in them with this draft. That's true. So interesting. Uh, we might have to... It was fish. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> I had a feeling. Oh, no. So Taylor has the next pick. I have picked who I had assumed was who Xavier was waiting for. I was reading through the tanks, and I got down to Fissure, and I knew in my soul of souls that this, this must have been who he wanted. And so I have drafted the one and only... Fissure from the Vancouver Titans to play along with Haxel and Erster and all my other amazing players. Except and for Mecco. <laughs> Except for Mecco. But Mecco's so, there for emotional support. I'm, I'm feeling heartbroken right now. Fissure was going to be my, my... I have two more draft picks left in this draft. Two in a row. Fissure was going to be one of them. I think Fissure is going to pop off this season. And if you know, Bumper has shown Vancouver can play around an aggressive tank. 
and Fissure should be getting all the resources in the world uh, for him to succeed. So that hurts, especially with the fact that I picked fucking Bernard <laughs> thinking Fissure would go down to me. That was that was that was a very Shakespearean downfall uh, on my end. And we might have to work the trade machine after this draft. I might have to give you some assets because I want Fissure. However, now that Fissure is gone, I guess I'll have to take the safe and boring pick when it comes to my next tank and pick Rhea. So I'm going to have to take the safe and boring option and pick Rhea. Tank from the Hanjo Spark, consistent, highly ranked when it comes to fantasy, just not as fun as Fissure. Damn, man. So for my last pick, this could be a serious pick. I mean, there are a lot of really good players left on the board. Carpe is still there, which is shocking. Um, however, you know, four-team draft, good players are still going to be on the board. Now, if we look at kind of my breakdown, uh, three tanks, three supports, uh, three DPS. So this last pick is just to see, I don't know, who I like. What players am I into? And, you know, I've been talking shit about this dude. Not necessarily talking shit, but I've been saying there's no reason to have a roster spot for this man because he's not playing until May 31st. Ah. And there's no reason to pick him. All right, I'm talking myself out of picking Sparkle. So (laughs) I was going to pick Sparkle. However, I realize May 31st is a very long time from now. Um, Oh, yeah. And I'm going to need to have consistent production. However, I do want to pick a player that I might not be too scared to cut when it comes to the time to maybe pick up Sparkle. But I do want a player that's going to contribute full stop. So, you know, I've, I've contacted my uh, my friends, the Hardy Boys, and uh, Nancy Drew. Nancy Drew. And we are going to uh, find a DPS player. Ah, yes. Fleta. Yes. I'm picking Fleta, goddammit. That's so funny. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I knew he was coming. So I'm picking Fleta with my last pick. What? The the greatest player not named Prophet? Flex God? (laughs) The greatest player not named Prophet. Fleta is the meta Flex God. He can play everything and anything. If he sucks at something, he's going he's going to get better. Uh, his May showed that. I thought his May was looking really nice towards the end of last season when it started off kind of wonky. Flutter was my next pick. <laughs> so you gotta pick Flutter. It's the pet pick. Uh, he's the homie. Flutter, Saya player, Prophet, Jinmu. I'm DPS heavy, but you know what? My supports are reliable, and my tanks are reliable outside of Bernard. God, why did I pick Bernard, man? <laughs> Out of everyone you could have picked, Bernard. Yeah, I mean, London wasn't getting any love, and I, I see a lot of... Act, like, super, like... Well, Super's... Nah, I don't trust Super to actually play. Oh, the big omission for us. Big, uh... So Taylor has the next pick, and it's, it's... somebody that completely slipped my mind. I have, I have this player on one yeah. of my other fantasy teams. So... I figured I might as well round it out with my second San Francisco Shock player. I drafted Moth as my last support, my last mm. player, to go alongside with Kareev and Shaz. I felt like 
as they on draft buffs itself they say he's fallen in the ranks because the risk of rascal playing baptiste which but moth is already a really good baptiste and yeah and i'm like played baptiste more last season too yeah rascal's basically dps so i figured go with a good choice a solid team leader moth and he gets a lot of kills too yeah i mean he's he is he is a bloodthirsty support and one of my that's the thing with moth i mean when the shock are rolling they're like rolling teams and he's involved in everything (laughs) oh yeah and he doesn't die that much. I mean, if you look at some of the stats that he put up last season, eight deaths, eight deaths, five deaths, six deaths. The he most rarely has double digit deaths. Yeah. Very rarely. And he's always putting up a pretty solid amount of damage and healing. Uh, they tend to be equal. But when the shock completely roll teams, that's when his damage goes through the roof. And so you're looking for the shock to beat up on bad teams and moth to just be a part of that like bully ball style mm-hmm. but unlike rascal you know moth is going to be in on every map which you know makes it perfect so it's time for my last pick the last pick of the actual scrapyard crew before That's the cool. random player picks their last pick and, and it's so weird <laughs> it's so weird that you keep setting me up to knock you down uh-oh because, like, I'm sitting here, and I was looking at Fletta. I really wanted Fletta. Yeah, Fletta's a dude. We, we couldn't go. This podcast could not go without drafting Fletta. That's true, yeah. But then, I was looking at two other players on that team. Yeah, and they both suck compared to Fletta. DM and Ding. Both of them suck compared to Fletta. It does hurt. But, I'm betting on Ding and Fletta playing, and Ding and DM playing, not DM and Fletta playing. I mean, D- I, DM and Flutter are definitely not going to play because they're both snipers, kind of at heart, both hit scan. Uh, so it's definitely looking like Ding and Flutter. Which is why I'm picking Ding. Piece now, of shit. <laughs> Piece of shit. And interestingly, uh, I've been DM look- and Ding and Flutter and Ding, but it's never going to be the other way around. Exactly. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a good... So I will never lose out on points in that situation. I take this as an act of aggression. See, it is. This if is I had war one more between pick, the scrapyard. To be fair, if I had one more pick, or if I could change one thing of this team, I know what it would be. Rip Decay. But, like... Yeah, Decay was a... What? <laughs> Decay was my biggest mistake. But, you know... But... There's, there's yeah. one player that I really want to get on this team, and it's it won't matter when it comes up. Mm-hmm. So, it would matter now, which is soon. Yeah. I'd uh, want soon on my team only so that I could have... Me those points up front Mm -hmm. um which is why i considered putting him in if i had one more pick i'd go with soon um if i'd really thought about it soon would have been my pick where i went for decay i just kind of was like i know la gladiators playing kind of up front i know i can get points there that's why i threw in decay but yeah no soon soon love you buddy sorry you didn't make the draft but yeah that'll leave my team as decay surefor Choi, janu jonak Bunny Astro, Nevix, Corey, Yaki, and Ding. And the final pick is in, and it is Mono. <laughs> the dude. <laughs> the dude is out here. So Mono is the final pick of the draft. So the draft has concluded. So let's kind of recap some teams here. If I can go off of what Nathan said mm-hmm. first, with regrets in the teams being made, picked, and all that, I do have to say that I think my biggest regret was uh no picking a uh, mecco i'll give you bernard for fissure 
Wait, no, that's stupid. No, wait, wait. No wait. one would ever do that. I'll give you Sia player and Bernard for Fisher. You, Xavier, the only person who would ever take Bernard instead of Fisher is you. I'm I not. Was, I'm was, not doing that. Sia um, player. No. So you want a tank? I want a tank. I don't want Mecco anymore. Rhea for Fisher. Rhea and Mecco. No, Rhea. No, because I need extra roster spots. Okay, Rhea and Bernard for Fissure and Mecco. Straight up on the app right now. Because I really want Fissure. Rhea is guaranteed to be better than Fissure, and Bernard has a lot of potential. I will take Mecco and Fissure off your hands. I'll give you Decay for Flutter. <laughs> you can <laughs> get off his podcast. A banished. Yeah, but Rhea and Bernard for Mecco and Fissure. Straight up right now. But. Fissure's so good. But Rhea is better. Proven better. That's true. Fissure has a history dropping out midseason. He did that with Soul, and he did that with the Gladiators right before they went to playoffs. So Fissure is a very risky pick, whereas Rhea and Bernard are always going to play. I will do that trade. The Mecco Fissure. Alright, I have proposed the trade to you. Keep in mind, I really want Fissure. Where does this pop up? Ah. <laughs> so I have proposed a trade. Mecco and Fissure from Taylor. Uh, I am sending her Rhea and Bernard. So this is a the first trade <laughs> of the scrapyard. Exactly. And I really want Fissure, and I know she regretted the Mecco pick, and I think Mecco is fine. And I picked Fissure because I knew it was who you wanted and it was a good opportunity for a trade you did not no! think of a trade no 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 i did maybe i didn't think of a trade but i knew you wanted fissure so i knew if i got him i had a a leg up on you yeah fissure is i'm a big fan of fissure i don't really want to do any more trades i mean my team i feel like is set i'm comfortable with my team so right now just to kind of recap everybody's teams my team is prof it's xavier's profit fan club uh, led by Prophet Jinmu. My tanks are Fissure and Space, former teammates. Alarm and Violet as my support, starting support duo. And then on my bench, I have Mecco of the Houston Outlaws, Fleta of the Shanghai Dragons, Shu of the Guangzhou Charge, and Saya Player of the Florida Mayhem. I have now, after the trades, Haxel from the Vancouver Titans, Erster from Atlanta Rain. Fury from uh, the Philadelphia Fusions, Rhea from the Hangzhou Spark, Shaz from the Los Angeles Gladiators, Kari from the Toronto Defiant, and then on my bench I have Moth, Bernard, Rascal, and Gamsu. So, rounding out the Scrapyards picks on Team Nathan, I'm actually about to uh, make a sub real quick. A substitution. This just in, guys. A substitution. There we go. Okay, so my starters are Ding and Surefor, followed closely by my tanks, Janu and Choyobin, the two fucking rocks of the team. And we cannot forget the support line of Funny Astro and the Punisher, Jonak. He is here. He is powerful. He will break you. Honestly, this Nathan team is, like, the best out of all of us. The fact that you have Choi... Janu and Jonak is yeah. basically could just carry you from there. I have the four J's. 
Jonu and Jonak. Yeah, it's it's rough. Um, and I have one of the three Ds. Yeah. I'm just hoping uh, Profit can carry me. And Fissure be better than the other tanks. But I think Alarm and Violet. Violet, right up there with Jonak. Alarm. Everybody says he's like Jonak, so we can, we can work it out. And Mecco put up stupid stats on New York, but he was playing on New York. So now he's playing on Houston, so... I do think I got lucky in the DPS and support department because I have never been let down by Shaz. Kareev was playing out of his mind. And even if Toronto ends up not being like a solid team, I still think Kareev will do better there than he did on the LA Valiant. And then I have Moth as my backup. And I think that's really good. And I have Gomzu and Bernard, which we've heard good things about. And Gomzu is a good player. And Rhea and Fury, Rhea is definitely better than Mecco in this situation. So, though it's not as power-punching as Nathan's team, I still think it's not terrible. My team is a, like, blitzkrieg. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a rough... Uh matches against you however that does conclude the draft yes whole ass fantasy draft and obviously we'll be kind of updating how these games go throughout the season as we follow the league uh might have some you know kind of win payoffs uh obviously capture point will return of course some fun ideas for that so it's going to be a fun season when it comes to predictions and games inside the podcast and of course if you want to keep up with those predictions you can follow us on social media at on Twitter and Instagram at Scrapyard Media. Of course, you can listen to us when we make those episodes anywhere you listen to podcasts, especially where you're listening right now. And you can find us on YouTube. Go check out what go check out what Taylor did on there with their newest video. Again, you know it's about underdogs and who doesn't love those? Not me because my team isn't one. One last thank you to Totemly Drunk for that interview and his amazing insight that may or may not have heavily influenced these draft picks. Roll out.